0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Comic Gal News and Reviews Podcast. I'm Holly. And I'm Mickey. And we are here to give you everything Marvel and DC. So, Mickey, how are
1: you doing this week? I am doing... I'm alive. Uh, so, that's all I got. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, my week was pretty good, I would say.
0: Um, other than almost following off my bike for cycling this morning. Very it's good. A, it's been a pretty solid week. This uh, is why you eat, everyone. <laughs> I, I do eat... Uh, As we established in the Power Rangers review, sometimes too much. Uh, It's a healthy cycle. Um, But anyways, yeah, no, I think the best part of my week was actually going to the Rainbow Bash with you at the comic book store this weekend. Oh, yes,
1: that was so much fun. I got to see you try the beer there. It was so (laughs) nasty. That was particularly funny. Yeah, our comic book store,
0: uh, which is like not even a block away from Michaela's apartment. Um, is, was hosting a rainbow Batch which, bash, which was an LGBTQ plus allies event, <laughs> uh, that people could come and just kind of meet people with like-minded, uh, ideals and individuals. So I went there as an ally and they were giving away free beer. And when things are free, it's for me. <laughs> so as mama rice taught me, um, but, uh, I learned I probably shouldn't take free beer just cuz it's pretty. She beer.
1: dumped over half of it before crossing the street. Back I
0: dumped, to my place. I think I took maybe 3 sips. <laughs> and they were Two like more than I did. Yeah. It was it was it was pretty gross. Uh, but we're not here to talk about beer. We're here to talk about comics. Yes. So Mickey, why don't you tell us what came out this week? This is also um, for you guys who
1: are curious. This is the week of April 5th. Um, So, what happened in DC this week, Mickey? In DC Comics, we had quite a few titles coming out. Aquaman, number 20, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, volume 1. Batman, number 20, Batman, 66, meets Wonder Woman, 77, number 1. Batman, Superman, volume 5, Truth Hurts, oh boy. Batman, Superman, volume 6, Universe's Finest, I guess Worlds wasn't enough for them anymore. Cyborg, uh, number 11, DC Comics Bombshells, 25, a personal favorite, Deathstroke, 16, Earth 2, Society, Volume 3, A Whole New World, Ever After from the Pages of Fables, number 8, Fall and Rise of Captain Atom, number 4, Flintstones, 10, okay, Green Arrow, number 20, Green Arrow, Volume 2, Island of Scars. Green Lanterns number 20, Harley Quinn number 17, Injustice Ground Zero number 9, Justice League number 18, Nightwing number 18, Savage Things number 2, Scooby Doo, Where Are You number 80. Wow, that's a, doing well. <laughs> Shade of the Changing Girl number 7, Superman number 20, and Superman Volume 2 Trials of the Super Sons. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I think I saw that when we were there and I saw
1: um Superboy.
0: Yeah, I wasn't aware that it was a volume, though. That's interesting. Huh. We'll have to look at that one. All right, so for Marvel this week, we have a lot. We have all new Wolverines number 19, America number 2, Bullseye, number three, Avengers, number six, Captain America Epic Collection, volume 13, Justice is Served, Captain America Steve Rogers, number 15, Champions, number seven, Color Your Own, Guardians of the Galaxy, Daredevil by Ed Brubaker and Michael Lark, Omnibus, volume one, probably mispronounced something there. Oh, goodness. Guardians of the Galaxy, Collect Them All, prose novel. Guardians of the Galaxy Road to Annihilation, Volume 2. Guidebook to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Volume 1. Hawkeye, Number 5. Iron Fist, Number 2. Jessica Jones, Number 7. Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man vs. the Sinister Six, Number 9. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, Prelude. Mighty Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis, The Complete Collection. Nova, Number 5. Royals, Number 1. Slapstick number five, Spider Man number 15, Spider Man Deadpool number 16, Star Wars number 30, Star Wars box set slipcase, Star Wars Rogue One adaption number one. Didn't
1: they all die at the end?
0: Yes, they did die at
1: the end, which I guess isn't a spoiler at this point. Is it a uh, spoiler? A <laughs> spoiler. Um. <laughs> I'm just curious how they're getting an adaptation out of that. (laughs) Well, well, they're uh, adapting before they die. Was there that much to it? Yes, it was a full, almost, like, two-hour movie. Oh, so they're just probably going over what happened in the movie? Yes. Oh, okay. That's what an adaption is. Oh, well, I mean, my apologies. <laughs> I thought maybe they were going to tell new stories, bring them back from the dead, as they should. <laughs> Star Wars zombie edition. <laughs> it would be perfect.
0: Okay. Um, The Believers Giant Size X-Men number one. True Believers X-Men number one. Un- Uncanny Adventures Avengers. number two. I can't speak today. <laughs> Uncanny Avengers number 22, War of Kings Prelude to War of King Omnibus, and then X-Men Gold number one, and then X-Men Legacy Legion
1: Omnibus. omnibus. What the heck is an omnibus?: Um, I don't know, but it's expensive. Yeah. Uh, the Daredevil One is 100 dollars. Um the, the War of Kings is 125 and the Legacy is 75. I hope those are thick books then. Um I okay well this one has it discounted at sixty dollars. So oh, well, yay. So, mm-hmm. You know,
0: that that seems like a steal. <laughs> um, Alright. So excuse our fried brains. Um been a long
1: week. Huh? it's been a long week, uh, and not enough good beer, <laughs> not enough you know something, yeah, <laughs> all right, Michaela, can you talk to us about what you read this week? All right, yes, this week, I read uh the first issue of Supergirl being super, so I went back just a little bit. I cheated a tiny bit, and this didn't come out this week, but I figured it was new enough that we could sort of cover it and talk about some of the uh what's working, what's maybe not. So this is actually a really nice uh, um comic. It, the artwork is absolutely gorgeous and it covers Kara Danvers and essentially it seems that she starts out a lot like Clark Kent's origin story. Somewhere in a small town in the middle of nowhere in, you know, backwoods. I don't know if it's Kansas here, but, you know, it's somewhere. Mm-hmm. They have a barn. Her dad's a conspiracy theorist. And Kara has no idea where she came from. She just knows that eight years ago, she's 16 at this point, she crash-landed in a pod, and she had these, this elderly couple take her in. And essentially, she has no memory of Krypton. So all she knows is that she has crazy superpowers, And she's starting to go through puberty, I guess late in life. So they're giving her Clark Kent's origin story? I guess. It's sort of a different look at what Supergirl would look like if she had Superman's or type origin story. That's really interesting. It and is. So
0: she's Cara Danvers in this, not Kara Kent.
1: Yeah, she's not Kara Kent. I'm pretty sure it's still Cara Danvers. I'm not entirely certain they said her name. Yeah, Cara Danvers. It is Cara Danvers. Okay, that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, and it's really interesting, and so far not a whole lot has happened because this is just the introduction of, okay, we're setting up her her life in this high school, what her friends are like, and we're going to see she's struggling with her powers, struggling to figure out who she is. Apparently, she keeps having this reoccurring same dream every night, but she's not super descriptive as to what it is, although the panel actually showing bits and pieces of it are incredible, but it sort of implies that it's probably... A representation of her leaving Krypton. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, and she has no idea, and she's dealing with things like, you know, zits and school pictures and friends, and it's her 16th birthday. Kryptonians get zits? Uh, yeah, apparently that had an interesting representation. We might talk about that a bit in the review section. I didn't think Kryptonians got zits. Yeah, apparently um they get zits. She's actually even mentioned feeling a little sick or under the re- weather, which is, you know, Not interesting. Not Kryptonian. Not Kryptonian. So she's out sort of mentioning, this stuff never happens to me. And she has these two friends that get set up, and I absolutely love them. One is named Dolly, and they set her up, her up right away as, um... Let's see. Dolly once told me her life started when she realized she was not a that she was a badass dyke and not a country music legend. And Dolly is a woman of color with body diversity and she's amazing. I love her. And then she has another friend who's, you know, very basic, so I couldn't really bother to remember her name. Um, but she's essentially a health nut. And Jen. Jen is her name, Redhead, Healthnut, and they're fun, they play off each other really well, and they basically want to do something for Kara's birthday, they all have a track meet coming up, for whatever reason, they have them wearing some sort of wristbands during, like, not just track, but throughout their entire day to try and get a read on their physical activity, I guess. That's weird. It's weird. It's very There's strange. something sketchy there. There's, <laughs> there's something just, like, a little not right. If there's <laughs> anything I've learned from Runaways, it's Ritz spans are sketchy. <laughs> yep. And so they finally get to this track meet, and then when Jen, who has, like, scouts there and is really interested in making sure she does well, all of a sudden, like, an earthquake happens and the Earth site's opening up, uh-huh. and that's where we leave off. With Kara going, oh gosh, where's Jen? I feel like I'd relate to Jen in this. <laughs> yeah, as I was reading it, I kept going, oh gosh, it's Holly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And uh, Oddly enough, we have uh, another friend who uh, reminded me quite a bit of Dolly. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so... <laughs> I, I just relate. You
0: know, person, a little health-conscious, also very driven. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it sounds like a good match. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of driven, uh, this All week right. I got to pick up X-Men Gold, which I am so excited about. Um, right away, it captured two of my favorite things. My favorite color, gold, which, very surface level. And also <laughs> on the surface level, Kitty pride, who is my favorite superhero. And if you guys don't know... Uh, X-Men Prime, which was released last week, uh, set up the fact that we are now going to get these new X-Men series. We have X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue. X-Men Gold is going to be a team of X-Men led by Kitty Pride who are facing the trials um, and repercussions of the war that they had against the Inhumans. And then we also get X-Men Blue, which is a team led by Jean Grey, and they've... Are have moved universes again because mm-hmm. they again again because they originally moved universes, so they came into this universe where Kitty Pride was actually older than like Jean and Scott and all of them. Because comic book BS, <laughs> <laughs> comic book BS. Yes, <laughs> um, they moved over worlds and then they decided that that world didn't need them, so they've now moved to another universe which wasn't established which one. Um, so I'm sure we'll see more of that in X Men Blue. Um, with Jean Grey as the leader, leader. But this week, X Men Gold came out, uh, and I'm so, so excited. I loved this comic. Um, the artwork is great in this, and whoever the writer was, which I can look up, um, but the humor was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I, and it was just, it was so simple. It wasn't trying too hard. Um, but it was very clever. Uh, so we have here a team that Kitty Pride has set up. Um, she Obviously, you have Kitty, who is the leader of this team. You have Storm. You have Nightcrawler. My favorite. Yeah, Nightcrawler. <laughs> he's great. Colossus, Prestige, and Old Man Logan. And Old Man Logan is fantastic. I love seeing the relationship between him and Kitty, yes. particularly cuz obviously, uh, you know, Logan, he kind of trains Kitty in a lot of ways. They've always kind of had this father-daughter dynamic. Dynamic, or at least, you know, maybe older brother. There's there's some yeah. um protectiveness there, but there's also just a lot of love between them. Um Platonic love, I should say. <laughs> <We laughs> let need to not, specify that. I need here. to specify this because it's comics. Uh,
1: um, comics.
0: But they're great. It's great to see her kind of bossing him around um, and Kitty adjusting to this new leadership role, especially since the world here isn't so nice to them. Um, you know, we start off, we have them going and trying to take down this bad guy. Uh, and once they do that, a bunch of people show up and instead of cheering, they're all booing them mm. because they blame them for the war against the Inhumans. They think that the X-Gene is uh, something that needs to be gotten rid of completely. Yeah, There's a lot of just animosity and hate. So we're kind of reverting back to like the original X-Men origin plot, Yeah, uh, which I think is really interesting and I'm excited to see what they do with it. Uh, we have a really comical scene because at the end of X Men Prime, uh, Kitty moves the uh, Charles Xavier School for mutant education to um, Central Park. Just Central drops, Park. just drops it right in the middle of Central Park. I feel like that would cause some issues. Well, that's the thing. So <laughs> they just drop it in Central Park and. There's this guy who comes who I guess is a tax collector or some Uh representative of the city. And he's, like, we've agreed to, like, you know, let you have your school here. And, like, old man Logan's in the background. He's, like, no, you didn't. We just did it. Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) we just phased it here. You can't move a school. Like, Uh (laughs) like, there's nothing you can do. So you just let us sit here. Um, But basically the guy is talking to Kitty. And he's, like, yeah, well, you owe $8 million. And, like... Federal taxes for this land. Oh, boy. And Logan finishes that, just, there's, like, a beat after he says this, and Kitty's, like, horrified fed expression, uh, looking at the page, and Logan just turns to her and goes, you want me to claw him? <clears throat> and it's great. It's a great moment. They don't really resolve whether or
1: not they actually pay. That guy is now dead. I'm assuming not. <laughs> um the X-Men it, just apparently are like total dicks to pub- public property. Yeah,
0: no. They they don't really care that. Much. I mean, they care about public property. They just don't want to pay property taxes. <laughs> It seems. Uh, which is fair. Guys, that's a crime. It, it is, you know, they're dealing with a lot. <laughs> um, You also have this great moment between Kitty and Colossus, uh, which again is another humor moment where Kitty, she's in the office, and Colossus is like, hey, you want to go, like, you know, have some dinner with me, like, in my room? Mm. And she's like, but it wouldn't be just as friends, would it? And he's like, well, no, and she's like, Uh, yeah, that can't actually happen. And there's this awkward moment in Kitty's head. You hear, like, oh, please let there be an attack on the city now. (laughs) And then it goes, of course, there's an attack on the city. She's like, great, now I feel like an idiot. Or, like, now I feel guilty. Uh, And it's just, there's these great moments here. Uh, It ends, kind of, since this was the first issue, it ends, there's another attack. The Brotherhood is now attacking the city, and the X-Men are going to have to face them. Um, But overall, it was just establishing, you know, our team dynamic, Kitty as leader, Um, some of the issues that they're going to run into facing with the public being so against them. Um, Obviously, there's the relationship between Kitty and Colossus, which Mm -hmm. is a little shaky, which I'm curious to see how it plays out, because I think Colossus is a sweet character, but he's no Peter Quill. and. (laughs) Ah oh, yeah yeah. I, You're still stuck on that. Kitty and Peter were my favorite couple,
1: I think, so far. Did we even read the comic? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I did. I didn't Thank think you. you did. Yes, I did. I remember you saw the cover, but I didn't remember you buying it. Well,
0: uh, that's because there's other ways to read comics. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> um, uh we're not allowed to endorse that way to our readers. So. Uh
0: no, I wouldn't. And You're... I did buy it online.
1: Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> I would say
0: go support your comic book stores and buy physical copies. Yes. Uh, one thing, though, this issue did have, which was really cool, was it's actually, like, a history of oh, the X-Men. Neat. Or at least particularly Kitty Pride's involvement with the X-Men. Yeah. And it's about, like, 48 different little paragraph bubbles mm-hmm. uh, that just kind of explain what's happened up in this point and how we've gotten here. And so I think this issue in particular would be a great start for anyone looking to get into X-Men because yeah. you have that history that you can follow and then you can jump into this new story uh, with Kitty Pride, Awesome. who there is no better X-Men to start with, in my opinion. <laughs> All right. So, Mickey, is there anything that you wanted to talk about further? We're going to be going into more of a spoilery section now. Um, getting into more details rather than generalizations. So, we talking
1: more like reviewing the yeah. actual material. No, so
0: if you guys want to stop, pick up one of these comics, and then come back, or if you guys just want to hear more of our
1: thoughts and opinions, then keep listening. All right, so first things first, uh, again, as I mentioned, the artwork here is phenomenal. The shadows, the characters, it's all absolutely gorgeous. And, and- that's a thick comic, too. It is. I mean, for, like, a single issue, it's pretty thick. It's a little bit more expensive, but not by much.
0: Yeah, it looks almost like a volume it, it's in not the way quite it's long bound. To,
1: uh, in the way it's bound, yes, but yeah. it's not quite thick enough for that. And uh-huh. it's still a pretty... The one thing I would say is this is definitely, like, a first volume. There's not a whole lot that goes on. It's really just setting up the story. So... You have Kara, starts out with her going to get her school pictures. And essentially she's going, you know, we ta- see her friends, Dolly and Jen. And she says, you know, I don't know who I am right now. But it's good to know that my friends know who they are. And I get support from them. And you see them at the track. And then there's this really weird thing when they're working out on the track where, <laughs> as I mentioned before, the coach gives them like little wristlets. And I don't think she fully explains what they are. I guess they track their movement, how many steps they have. And she's like, oh, and by the way, they're solar-powered, so you need to keep them in the light. And I'm wondering how that even works, because they're seen wearing them, like, at home and in the cafeteria and whatnot. So that's not a place where you can really get a whole lot of sunlight. Well, is
0: it just that that's where they get their power and then it... Like, they would have to keep going outside, but they can go inside and it would still work?
1: Uh, maybe it wasn't super odd clear. She just said, make sure to keep them in the light. Like, that was the line used. And mm-hmm. uh, so, it's it's very strange. I don't know why they're wearing them. They reference them several times throughout. I, to be Quite honest, that was one of the aspects of the comic I didn't feel was set up super duper well. What is set up well, though, is Kara. You get a lot of Kara and her internal monologue and thinking of, you know, what she's going through at the moment. The fact that she really wants to know her beginning. She really wants to know where she came from, why she is what she is. Because here, it doesn't seem she has any connection to Clark Kent. It's not clear yet whether it's going to tie into, you know, her having a relationship to Superman within this universe that they're setting up for her. Um, but at the moment, she doesn't have any of that. She's just sitting here going, I seem to just be this really weird maybe alien. And I look like everyone else, but, you know, I can fly and all that. I think one of my favorite things, um is actually so again her birthday is coming up and her dad takes her out into the barn to have her help out with something and she um in all her glory literally just gets into the barn and picks up a tractor one-handed while texting And that's, and I don't know why, but usually I sometimes would get annoyed at stuff like that. But I think in a case with Kara, when you, like, have super strength to a point where, you know, picking up a tractor one-handed is absolutely nothing to you. I'm like, I'd probably text while just holding something up as well. One thing
0: that I think is interesting about your issue, because it's kind of nice that you started with the volume one and I also started with the volume one here, is your volume seems to have a lot of areas where it's raising the stakes, yeah. Um, where mine kind of doesn't have that yet. We don't really know who the villain is of our story. We don't really know, uh, in X-Men Gold, you know, what is going to be the end objective here. Mm-hmm. Where you have a lot being set up in this issue with her dreams, with these bracelets, which yeah. could turn out to be nothing, but I'm very suspicious still. I mean, I think it's fair to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair. You have a lot of different elements. And then, of course, you have the end, like, where's Jen? who I am now personally invested in. I know. Um, Just from my descriptions. Just from my descriptions (laughs) and looking at these characters. They seem really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I also feel like I could relate to Kara, because if I had super strength, I would totally be texting while lifting a tractor. (laughs) Just for the image. Just for the image. Just for the selfie. The image is great. Um, Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a really interesting setup they have there. I'm also curious to see... If it is tied in with the regular Superman universe. Yeah,
1: that's that's what I'm not super clear on right now. It could just be that everyone else but me knows this. I don't know at the moment whether this is a spinoff or whether it's supposed to be its own self-contained story or if it's supposed to tie back to, you know, the Rebirth universe. Right. So... I can't and keep poor, up with
0: DC universes.
1: And no one can. The problem, especially with Supergirl, is that Cara Danvers has had so many different iterations. And it really wasn't probably until the Supergirl TV show came out that they finally were like, we're going to try to do something very specific with her character. Mm-hmm. Because they kept having her jump timelines, jump origin stories there were different versions of her running around some without you know clothing <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah. But yeah my favorite part of this is definitely how they set up um kara kara Kara. Kara. Thank you. I'm so sorry I keep going back and forth on that. Um, Her problems are a little mundane, but I think that's fine at the moment. And they are setting up, again, her origin story, and I think this is nice. My other favorite thing, and just the characters in general, she has this uh, conspiracy theorist father who, for whatever reason, is like, birthdays are a corporate conspiracy and we're not going to celebrate one here and just essentially is, you know, the gruff dad figure who's out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, probably made certain questionable political decisions. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and then you have, of course, Dolly and Jen, and Dolly in particular is just, you know, so much fun. Every time she takes up a panel, she's just fantastic you know. Mm-hmm. And she's the funny one of the group, definitely. Right. Yeah, and Jen has a lot of part as well because she is, you know, really wanting to get a scholarship. She's really wanting to go all the way. And the I one I like that girl. Yeah. <laughs> they they're all really great. Though the one thing I would possibly criticize is there are quite a few clichés relied on here. Mm-hmm. So, um again, you have Kara essentially from what it's setting up now, though it could be a red herring. The comic's essentially setting up that things are happening now because she's going through puberty, which is strange when you're 16, because that usually happens around 12 to 14 at the latest, and obviously she's already developed breasts and hips. So I don't know why it's just now that the puberty thing is apparently a problem.
0: That's, yeah, no, I could see where that could be an issue. Smallville had that, I, it, and in fact, this sounds a lot like Smallville. I may have been its a lot of inspiration way.
1: from there. Um,
0: it could just be because I love Smallville. That but, too. Um, no, I think that's a good point because it's like, I mean puberty for girls particularly you could kind of justify it with Clark Kent even though he looked 25 when the series began probably because he was yeah but he was mm-hmm. 14 in the he was supposed to be 14
1: supposed to be 14 um
0: he never looked 14 no <laughs> um yes but you know here like you said she's obviously developed in yeah. uh certain areas already <laughs>
1: I mean you can just tell by the cover yeah um it's, know. it's not someone who's, like, just now starting puberty. So that's my one thing is Though, that it's sort of, like, I will you know, say they didn't sexualize her too much they didn't. from what I've seen. They didn't. Uh, which is pretty cool. There's maybe one costume that's I questioned at first. Mm-hmm. um, Because they have her in, like, a little short running skirt and, like, sports bra. But actually from the positioning there's really only one panel that's maybe arguably sexualized. Yeah, I could see you have the little hip. Yeah, it's like curve. It, they have her hips defined a little bit more, but they also aren't like, you know, emphasizing her breasts a whole lot or ass or even yeah. like, you know, her hips at all. It's just this is what she's wearing. So and if you want to work out in a sports bra, you should be able to and you should never receive dirty looks from exactly. anyone. Exactly. <laughs> Holly had a little bit of an issue earlier this week. You know, just because I
0: I am an advocate of working out in whatever you want and whatever makes you comfortable. I just don't like to get my shirt sweaty.
1: That's totally Buzzfeed did a though. video on
0: it and it convinced me and I feel so much better after a workout because of it. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. This issue of X-Men Gold, it has me curious for the series, but honestly, I wish there were more stakes in it. Um, because I didn't feel like we got really any action. I mean, the writing in it was great. It was humorous, as I said. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was a lot of great character moments, especially Old Man Logan (laughs) and Kitty in this, which were my favorite characters to watch, but I didn't really feel like I had an idea of what direction this is heading in. Uh, which is something I want to see more of yeah. going forward. I'm curious also to see kind of how X Men Blue ties into this, or yeah. if they're going to stay completely separate because they do have them established in different universes. Um, I'm also curious about the Brotherhood showing up at the end because right now it just seems like one of those like one time bad guy fights. Yeah, but we also saw an X Men Prime that there's some sinister organization working on something. Yeah. Again, very vague. We very vague. we saw, oh, I forget who it was. But we saw one of the former X-Men getting abducted by Clara? No. What was her name? I think um, it was Clara. I don't know. There was some lady in a white pantsuit. Oh, the white pantsuit lady.
1: I don't remember her name. There was a
0: white pantsuit lady. She's part of some evil organization that's unnamed. Uh, And they have a plan to steal a few of the original X-Men, including Old Man Logan. So I know they're going to tie into that eventually. Um, But, I I mean, it's great to see some of these characters working together again, especially like Kitty and Nightcrawler. It felt very X-Men Evolution. Uh, Uh, Yes, But of course, Yes, but now they're grown up. And so Uh. it's cool to see their decisions being made. And it's very fun to see Kitty Pryde taking on a leadership role. Um, her haircut, though. <laughs> and I love pixie cuts on people. I really do. She's just bitter. I'm, I'm just, I don't, like, okay, so Kitty Pride for me, was always kind of a girly hero, and not in a bad way, and not that she needs to be, like, a certain way to be girly, but I always really related to her in the fact that, especially in X-Men Evolution, you know, she liked to look pretty. She would wear, like, her pink sweater, and stuff. And she could also be the girl who could go kick some butt out on the field. And I don't think her cutting her hair takes away from that, but I kind of want to just know why, because in X-Men Prime, she had long hair still. So I don't really know why she cut it. I also don't really like the idea that in order to be like the leader, she has to get rid of some of that femininity. Not that hair is necessarily always tied with femininity.
1: But there's certainly a link
0: there, I feel.
1: Yeah, I think it depends. I think there could be been two possible explanations for it. One is that they did want her to look more serious and it was sort of sexist, and that they felt that long hair couldn't be serious. Or, uh, you know, the other thing could just be that, again, cutting hair in a lot of media often represents like starting anew. Right. And I, so I think that, that. No, and I
0: think that's fair. And as I read the book, I got more used to her haircut. I just, I don't know. We don't need like. A Power Rangers scene where she, you know, grabs the <laughs> scissors from the bathroom and cuts her hair. But I like that scene. I though. do like that scene. But I, I, kind of, I kind of wanted like a panel or something just knowing her decision for cutting her hair. <laughs> and that's so simplistic and probably not what we need to make room for in this issue. It could just
1: be pixie cuts are in in that
0: universe now. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we have, um... oh, what's her name? Prestige has a little bit of a pixie cut, it looks like, too. <laughs> Though her hair seems to be just a little longer. Um, but hair really isn't the issue with this issue. It's my issue. <laughs> um, but I think moving forward, again, I want to see a more established plot. I think part of it was is they kept it short so they could include that history of the X-Men. Yeah. Which I'm grateful for because I, I look back at it and I was like, Oh, I don't remember some of the stuff that's happening here. Uh, and it really allowed me to see, you know, Kitty Pride's growth throughout the X-Men universe um, and get an idea of how this story is going to continue that legacy, yeah. which I think is interesting um, to look at. But I overall, would I say you have to go out and pick this out now? I probably not. Um, you know, I want to see where the series goes. Yeah, and I think it's a funny issue, but there's not really anything major that is established or happens in this issue that you couldn't get from a brief
1: review. Yeah. I just want them to pay their taxes.
0: You know, <laughs> I, I, the, that was act- legitimately rather a humorous conversation, <laughs> and I think it brought up some issues that, like I had when I was reading the uh, X Men Prime, because obviously they just plopped their school in the middle of central park oh, and it's, no, it's like that doesn't seem legal <laughs> and they actually brought it up which i thought was pretty funny um that's
1: that's a plus
0: <laughs> yeah but moving forward again i just want to see more plot development um I would not say no to more Old Man Logan either, (laughs) which hopefully we'll get more of, and more Nightcrawler. What
1: Nightcrawler. Because he
0: was in this, but he wasn't a major player yet, and I would love to see him be a major player. I always want to see Nightcrawler be a major
1: player. Mm -hmm. He's one of my favorites. Yes, Mm -hmm.
0: definitely. And I think that's all we have for you guys this week. Thank Um. you so much for tuning in. You can follow us on social media at uh, Instagram. At Comic Gal Podcast.
1: And I believe that's our name on Twitter as well.
0: Yes. And we will be posting updates on there. Please let us know your thoughts. And if you have any episodes you would like to see in the future. And for now, we're gone. Bye. Bye.